0: So in 1977, there was a man named Erwin Krutz who decided that he would spend his life savings on a trip to San Francisco. Uh, Kruitz was 49 years old, uh, from Frankfurt, Germany. He worked in a brewery there in Germany, and he had seen San Francisco on television and really wanted to visit the Wild West of America. So he bought a ticket and headed this way. This is 1977, remember. Well, the flight from Frankfurt, Germany stopped to refuel in Banger, Maine. And while they were there, a a flight attendant who had finished her shift, she wasn't gonna see him again, and, and as she got off the plane, she told him, have a nice time in San Francisco. And those words were entirely misunderstood. Uh, Kreutz was a little bit of a drinker, uh, 17 beers a day, <laughs> German. Uh, he was a little bit groggy and upon hearing her, he got off the plane in Bangor, jumped into a cab and asked the driver to take him to the city. The cab dropped him off at a hotel in downtown Bangor and he got a room there. And then he found a bar to have some more drinks. And this is a true story. He wandered Banger for three days, enjoying the sights and sounds that Maine had to offer, thinking that he was in San Francisco. Uh, I will tell you at one point, when he started to question it, he saw two Chinese restaurants and felt reassured he was in San Francisco. because he had seen Chinatown in the movies. Uh, Eventually, it occurred to him, maybe I'm in a San Francisco suburb. And so he talked to a taxi, he hailed a taxi, he asked the driver to take him to downtown San Francisco. And the driver sped away thinking that he was crazy. So he returned to the bar, he tried to get some help from a waitress, but the language barrier was too great. That said, she knew a woman in town who spoke German. And so this woman came over to the bar, helped him understand he was on the other side of our country, could not be further away, and then she and her family took him into their home, gave him a place to stay, While there, word spread of this lost tourist, first to the banger daily news, and then nationally, and then to the world, and hearing the story, the San Francisco examiner paid to fly him out here to San Francisco, where he was treated like a visiting dignitary, including a welcome by the mayor who presented him with a proclamation declaring that San Francisco does indeed exist. And then after four days out here, sent him back to Frankfurt, back to work in the brewery, boarding the flight with a sign that said, please let me off in Frankfurt. (laughs) Now that is a true story. Some of it happened just down the road. And it goes to show you can give everything you've got, have a dream destination that you want to reach, and still not end up where you thought you would be. It goes to show that tomorrow, your dream for tomorrow is not just a journey. Uh, You can have a dream. You consult God on it. You you get his blessing and his direction. You can stay focused on that. You can take risks with it, all the stuff we've been talking about. You can believe in it. You can overcome obstacles. You can invest in the dream. You can do all of that stuff and not finish it well. And with two weeks left in this series, this week and next, today, we want to talk about finishing. Now, you would think finishing would be how we would close this series. It is not, because there's something after finishing. We're going to talk about that next week. Today, I want to talk to you about a crucial part of your dream, your dreams, whatever those may be, finishing well. Um, Can we talk for a second about how hard it can be to finish something, anything I can relate to the author, John Acuff, who who wrote this. I have only completed 10% of the books that I own. It took me three years to finish six days of the P90X home exercise program. When I was 23, I made it to blue belt in karate, and I have 32 half-started moleskin notebooks in my office, and 19 tubes of nearly finished chapstick in my bathroom. Uh, I'm sure that I'm not the only one who can relate to that. I think most people are this way. Show me 10 people who started something, I will show you nine who never finished it. According to studies, 92% of New Year's resolutions fail. Every January, people with hope and hype, believing this is gonna be the new year that finally delivers on a new you, uh, many, many people try, but though 100% of those people start, only 8% finish. Let's face it, you can have great vision, choose the right goals, you can do everything that we've talked about so far, but if you don't finish what you start, it is like building a building and never putting the roof on, right? And yet so many of us do this with the things that we were at one point excited about, ambitious about, we get distracted. or or we find a new dream to pursue and we leave the first one kind of halfway done, or we just kind of get tired and throw in the towel somewhere along the way. And before we get started with this part this morning, I wanna ask you to be thinking about something today. Are there any areas of your life where you feel you are not finishing well? I actually think there's another reason some of you aren't finishing. You haven't been given the chance. Um, Can we be honest about something? Our world tells us that when you hit a certain age, you're done whether you like it or not. Someone says, you may not think you're finished, but I am telling you, you're finished. And some of you here are thinking you won't get the chance to finish some of your dreams because you're too old. We're gonna talk about that today too. We're gonna talk about what it looks like to get to the back side of a dream. Not necessarily the backside of your life, although it could be that, but definitely the backside of your dream, and we're gonna talk about what the Bible has to tell us about how we finish tomorrow well. Because, because in life, your role may change. Your assignments may evolve. Your life situation may alter. You may have to make adjustments, but even with all of that, one fact will not change. As long as God leaves you on this earth, He has ongoing work for you. He has tomorrow for you. Tomorrow does not go away, ever. You can't drop out of tomorrow. You don't get to retire from having a tomorrow. So let's talk about how we finish what we start well. And that might be your dream for your career, a dream you have in your marriage, your dream for how you parent your kids. I've only got three years left with one of them at home. Gotta finish that well. How do you finish the season you're in well? How do you even finish life well? I want to give you four keys to finishing well tomorrow that we find in the Bible. And the first one comes from the life of Jesus. Uh, did you know that Jesus was a great finisher, greatest finisher in the Bible? In, in, in John four thirty-four, take a look at this. Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. One chapter later, Jesus said, I have testimony weightier than that of John for the works that the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I'm doing, testify that the Father has sent me. And of course, you might know that his final words at the crucifixion as he hung on a cross were what? It is finished. Hard to argue with the fact that Jesus was the greatest finisher of all time. But can I tell you a secret to why he finished well? It's that Jesus did not feel that finishing well meant accomplishing everything that needed to be accomplished in this world. I know he blew through those, those three verses very fast, but let me give you one more out of John a little bit slower, all right? John seventeen four. Jesus is praying here just before he's arrested, about to begin the crucifixion journey, and he says this right here to God the Father. I have brought you glory on earth by, look at this, finishing the work you gave me to do. Now read that carefully. Let's read it again. I have brought you glory by finishing the work that you gave me to do. Not all the work there is to do. I finished all the work that I was given to do. And right here, we find the first key to finishing well, and this is gonna be a relief to some of you. It should be a relief. You don't have to do it all. You are to do what God has given you to do. If you are going to finish well, what you've got to realize right now is that you don't have to do it all. You don't have to do everything. You can't do everything. If you try to do everything, you will do nothing well. You will start thing after thing after thing and never finish any of them because you can't do it all. And guess what? God never wanted you to do it all. What you can do is what he assigned you to do. In fact, even that is probably likely a pretty full plate, right? Uh, God has given me a job as a pastor, and he's given me a job as a husband. He's given me a job as a dad, given me a job as a a friend. I have a lot of things to be done for God. I have lots of things to fill my tomorrow. And if I'm going to finish every one of them well, any one of them well, it's going to be because I'm not distracted from those Tomorrowland dreams. He has given me specifically to do, me specifically. You are to do what God has given you to do. Now, can I tell you, every week I turn on the news and I see something that's happened in the world. And the way my mind works, I get an idea. Hey, maybe I'm supposed to go help with that. Maybe I'm supposed to do something with that. Um, every day, I get an email A different email from a different organization, uh, often multiple emails a day, asking us as a church to add something to our plate. Uh, Chris or Crosswinds, would you like to do this too? And believe it or not, it takes discipline to hit delete, uh, because there's lots of good things to be done in this world. And, and, And you know, you could say, hey, if there's a need in the world, it's our assignment to solve it. But that's not true. We have Goodness Village on our campus, and we have a partnership with a church in Uganda, and a, a burgeoning partnership with, it, with an ongoing ministry that helps churches in Mexico, and, and, and we've got work to do to depolarize America, and we've got partnerships with City Service in the Tri-Valley, and if we're going to finish any of those well, it's going to be because we don't do it all, we do what God gave us to do that's not to say God might not give us something different tomorrow. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But today, if you are going to finish well, you don't have to do it all. You've only got to do what God has given you to do. Doesn't that feel good to know? Which means there's a prayer we can all be praying. You want to know this prayer? It's really simple. Lord, help me finish the work you have given me to do. I have a question that I'm gonna give you at the end of this to help you know whether this might be something that is keeping you from finishing well. Uh, I'm not gonna tell it to you now because I want you to just be thinking about that concept. I don't have to do it all. I've only got to do what God has given me to do. Let me give you the second key. And it actually, this one comes out of the book of Numbers. Um, Do you know that in the Bible, there's really only one example of retirement recorded anywhere? I'm going to show it to you. It's in Numbers 8, and it's about the Levites, this group of people who were called to be the priests for Israel. The Levites were the tabernacle workers. And here's what it says. Take a look at this. The Lord said to Moses, this applies to the Levites. Men 25 years old or more shall come to take part in the work at the tent of meeting, but at the age of 50... They must retire from their regular service and work no longer. They may assist their brothers in performing their duties at the tent of meeting, but they themselves must not do the work. You can start working as a temple priest or a tabernacle priest at 25. you got to retire at 50. Um, have I told you yet that I just turned 50 this year? <laughs> and actually, I don't think she'd mind me telling you my wife just turned 50 a week ago. And I asked Jody if I could tell you she just turned 52 months ago. We are all retiring at the same time in about a week. No. Uh, uh, they retired at 50 as priests from the tabernacle ministry. Now, 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 for whatever reason, God required the priests to retire at the age of 50. But what's interesting here, look at that again. They're not put out to pasture. Um, they don't spend the rest of their lives twiddling their thumbs. What do they do? It says they become assistants to the younger people who are working, they become mentors, they become advisors. And this leads to the second key to finishing well. If you are gonna finish well, you have got to resist the idea that finishing means that you're done. You've gotta resist the idea that finishing means you're done. Can we say it together? Finishing does not mean you are done. Let's just say that. Finishing does not mean you are done. Finishing a dream, and you probably have multiple dreams you're finishing, that does not mean that God is done with you in the rest of your life now is just killing time. Finishing one dream very likely means moving on to another one. And here's the thing, you will find you're not in a place to hear from God. If you think, because you finished one assignment, two assignments, all of your assignments, that you are done. And I just, I wanna take a moment and call something out that I know has been a thing for some of you since the beginning of this series. You have been wondering if tomorrow land, this series, matters for you because you feel too old for tomorrow. I've spoken with some of you. I know you've been wondering about this. And you've told me, I feel like it's too late to dream. Tomorrowland is a young person's world. And I just want to say, what we're talking about today is for you. It is not too late for you to dream about tomorrow. Just because you're finished does not mean you are done. God has tomorrow for you too. A few years ago, the Washington Post ran an article about how a record number of people 85 and over are working. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was 87 years old when she passed away. Rupert Murdoch is 91 right now doing what he's doing. 70 is the new 60. 80 is the new 70. 85 is, well, 85 is still 85, right? But it's to say, just because you retire from one thing, just because you finish one thing does not mean you are done with everything. Everything. Uh, I I heard a person tell a story about a guy sitting next to her on a flight one day. Uh, The man was in his early 50s and really excited about retirement only being a number of years away. It actually felt within reach for him. And the guy told her that he and his wife had just been talking about uh, that morning about what he would do when he retired. And his wife had asked him, what are you going to do when you retire? And he told her, I am going to sit on the couch and watch TV all day, every day. So, The woman he shared this with on the flight, they both sat for a minute in silence, and then she finally said to the guy, if you do that, you'll be dead in a year. And the guy looked at her kind of stunned and asked why, and the woman told him, if the lack of purpose in your life doesn't kill you first, your wife will. (laughs) Just because you're finished, does not mean you're done and again i'm going to give you a question to ask yourself on this one so you can know maybe if this is uh something uh, an area that potentially might keep you from finishing well but i'm going to do it at the end because third key we find it in romans 11:29. this is a very short little verse i want you to read it with me all right let's read this together off the screen for god's gifts and his call are irrevocable all right, we've taught about this here before, but some of you may not know, some of you may not remember. God has gifted you, all of you, with these things called spiritual gifts. When we, when we say that, we don't just mean your talents. We, we, we mean when you gave your life to Jesus, if you gave your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit entered into you and set up shop, he lives, dwells in you, and among other things that the Holy Spirit does is gift you. The Spirit gives you some things that when you do them, God works in supernatural ways. Now, let me just. It might be the way that you show compassion. It might be the way you encourage someone. It might be the way you teach. It might be the way that you tell people about Jesus. Those are things all of us can do, but when you do it and you have a gift, it is like next level. And what Paul is saying here look at this. Those gifts are irrevocable. Your calling to use those gifts does not go away. So, If you are going to finish well, you must know, your calling doesn't change. Your calling does not go away. These things, your gifts, your calling, they are this eternal part of your tomorrow that we've been talking about for you this series. They're your mission while you are here on this earth, and you don't stop doing those things. Um... I have been a pastor for over 25 years now, and someday I will stop doing this. Uh, I don't know when, but someday that day will come. That's part of my tomorrow. And you know what? Can I let you in on a secret? Some of it I won't miss. I don't want you to get the wrong idea as you're driving home thinking, wow, our pastor really hates being a pastor. Uh, I love my job, there's nothing else I would rather do. I get up excited in the morning to come to work. I find uh, on my vacations by the end of the trip, I am bored out of my mind and cannot wait to go back. But some of the job, not so great. And there will come a day when I don't do it anymore, anymore. Guess what? My calling will not have changed. My job might change, but my calling won't. It just means that there'll be some of pastoring that I'm not required to do, the parts that I don't like. Uh, I'll be the best kind of pastor when I retire, the kind who's still a pastor but doesn't have to do the hard parts anymore. Uh, My my grandfather on my mom's side was a pastor, Nazarene, and when he retired, he continued to go and take on interim pastor roles at, at, at churches up and down Oregon while those churches were looking for permanent pastors. Uh, Did that well into his 70s. When he, get this, when he and my grandmother went to live in an assisted living facility, he became a pastor somehow in those facilities, (laughs) leading Bible studies and and putting on weekly church services and visiting people as they were sick and dying. And, And somebody might have looked at him in his 80s and said, why? Isn't the whole point that you get to stop doing that someday? Why? Because your calling doesn't change. Your job may change but your calling doesn't. Your family may change but your calling doesn't. If you are gonna finish well tomorrow, what you need to know today, your gifts and calling are irrevocable. They do not change and and you know by now, I'm gonna give you a question at the end that helps you think about this one, but before that, fourth one, last one, the fourth key. We find it nine times in the Bible. Don't worry, I'm not gonna show you all nine. I'm gonna show you one. Genesis 18, 11. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in years. Old and advanced in years. Actually, let me show you two. Luke 1:18. And Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. Okay, one more, Joshua 13:1. Now Joshua, was old and advanced in years. And the Lord said to him, Man, you are old and advanced <laughs> in years, and there yet remains very much land to possess. I'll stop there, although there are nine times in the Bible that phrase is used old and advanced in years, which can be kind of redundant, right? <laughs> I mean, if somebody is old, it means they're advanced in years. You shouldn't have to say it, it's like piling on to that person. But here's why I'm showing it to you. Almost every time the Bible says that phrase, it's in a description of a person who's about to experience something astounding. Abraham, at 100 years old, is about to become a dad for the first time. His his wife, Sarah, is 90. Zechariah and Elizabeth are about to give birth to John the Baptist. Joshua is about to lead people into the promised land. Almost every time the Bible describes somebody who's old and advanced in years, God is about to give them something big to do, bigger than anything they have ever done in their life before. And here is the fourth key to finishing well stay ready for redeployment. <laughs> stay ready. Often, often, you finishing well with one thing opens you up for the next bigger thing that God has for you to do. Can I say maybe something bigger than you have ever done before? Remember, just because you're finished doesn't mean you're done. I have a friend who's become a really good friend the last five or years uh, five years or so. His name is Mark Williams. Uh, Mark does not go to church here, uh, but we first met a number of years back when he was working for an organization called Johnny and Friends, which is an organization that's all about serving people with disabilities. But prior to that, Mark had a successful career as a vice president for Pulte Homes, a residential home builder, And Mark also, before that, owned a flooring company. One day, when he was 59 years old, Mark left all that home-building world, and he said, God, what else? What do you want me to do with the rest of my life? What do you want me to do with my time? Okay, can I tell you what Mark has been a part of since then? I already mentioned his work with Johnny and friends, but Mark helped build Shepherd's Gate here in Livermore. Shepherd's Gate, uh, a housing community, many of you know it exists to give women a safe place who have uh, been victims of abuse, addiction, other really difficult circumstances. Mark was monumental in getting that built, taking what he learned as a home builder and rallying trades to come together to build Shepherd's Gate. Shortly after that, Mark joined the board of Home Aid, which is this organization that takes that same kind of thinking and teamwork with all these different home building trades and they build houses for for homeless people all over the country few years later, when he was 61 years old, Mark caught a vision to start leading teams to Guatemala to help build houses for indigenous people there. Uh, that was 10 years ago he started doing that. He's about to turn 71, just sent me an email this week inviting me on the next trip. He's built 90 houses with his friends, and he invites them down and, and leads these trips. Uh, they offer medical and dental and vision and hearing clinics in the villages they work in while they're there. I'll tell you, when he was 62, he and his wife Sue decided to become team leads at a local nonprofit, Kids Against Hunger, leading food packing parties over in Pleasanton. He and Sue both doing all of these things right now, this age. Right around that same time, in his early 60s, Mark joined forces with City Server of the Tri Valley, an organization that partners with churches like ours, government agencies as well, to come alongside people in this valley with all sorts of needs all around us. And then one day, I took Mark to lunch, and I said, Mark, we at Crosswinds have 35 acres out here on this old dairy farm, and we have lots of vision for how to use it for church. But we know that some of it, maybe even lots of it, could be used to reflect Jesus in our community through like, helping meet the needs of people in our community." And I asked, Mark, would you dream with us about what that might look like? Would you, would you help us get some ideas off the ground? Because I'm a pastor. I think I'm okay at the church part, but I don't know much about the other stuff. And at 67, Mark walked alongside me and some of our elders and our pastoral staff, and he got the city and the county to listen when we talked to them about this dream called Goodness Village. In fact, Mark named it. He was the first person to say those two words. And Mark is not done. The minute we we finished that, he redeployed. Okay, God, what is next? What's God gonna give us to do next? He has done all of this as a volunteer. He's led this way as a volunteer. I consider Mark unpaid staff of Crosswinds, and he doesn't even go to church here. And And it's 70 years old right now, 71 next month. I believe Mark is having the time of his life Uh, Mark said to me on Friday when when he and Sue called me from Cartagena, Colombia at 5 a.m. and woke me up, he said, I am having a blast, I'm having the most fun of my life, and the reason is because when one of his many dreams ends, he is ready for redeployment. And, And by the way, that's what I wanna do when I grow up, be Mark Williams. Okay, let me give you those questions I promised you that you can be asking, young or old, done with a dream about to start a dream right now very quickly here's the question question number one what has God assigned me that I need to finish and am I letting anything divert my attention away from that okay I don't have to do it all I only do what God has assigned me to do so what has he assigned me that I need to finish and what other things am I seeing might be diverting me from my assignments question number two we talked about resisting the idea that finishing means you're done. Okay, if you feel like you are done, when is the last time you asked God what he has for you? Is there another assignment and would you be open to receiving it? Tell God, I may be finished with some things, but that doesn't mean I'm done with everything. God, what do you have for me next? Question number three, have you set aside your gifts and calling? Maybe because you're tired. Maybe because life has changed a bit or changed a lot. Is there a way that God can breathe new life into you? Because your calling does not change. Have you set aside your gifts and calling? And then question four, and and, and this one is for those of you who would consider yourselves old and advanced in years. I'm not going to put an age on that. You just self-diagnose, all right? are you waiting expectantly for redeployment are you waiting for new dreams new dreams god's gonna put in you because he is not done with you yet you are probably just about now starting to get good at your gifts and calling all right let me leave you with this do not get stuck in banger maine Don't mistakenly think that halfway there was the tomorrow that God had in mind for you. It is not. Finish the journey. Finish the work that God has assigned you to do. All right, will you stand with me? Let's pray together before we go. God, I know that there are people in our church family, in our congregation, who who for the last six weeks we've been talking about this have been thinking, it's too late, my dreams are done, they're gone, I'm finished, and God, I know that you have been saying to them for six weeks, and maybe even louder today, I am not done with you. Your gifts, your calling are irrevocable. I have something for you, I have a new dream for you, I have a dream that's even bigger than the one I gave you before. And so God, I'll just say on their behalf, on all of our behalf, we are listening. And we are still ready to take risks. And we ask you to speak loudly in leading us into tomorrow. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Thanks for coming today. We'll see you next week for the last week.